Hello my wonderful friends, uh, welcome to Faith FM, welcome to Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. And where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's our privilege to welcome you to our program and we'd we'll like to have you involved with us. I always encourage you to send us a text message and be part of this program. The phone number where you can send a text message is 04-88-880-811. You can ask a question, you can make a comment, you can contribute to our program. Because we'll like to hear your input also. We'll like to have it as interactive as possible. And today it's a very interesting topic because we are going to talk about how can the church avoid the mistakes of the past. I would like to welcome also our co-host today and I will say good to see you Tracy back here in the studio with me on on this day because we missed last uh, week and the week before I think. Well I was we? here you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well yeah. I, I was away uh, um, in Mount Gambia, a beautiful mm-hmm. uh, place, uh, um, likely the weather was not very good but uh, we enjoyed there uh, having worship there with the church in Mount Gambia it was really good. But how are you? doing and how was the program last week well i enjoyed it i enjoyed um, um working with uh, fabiano and i hope the the listeners enjoyed our mix you know there's always a different chemistry i think when you have different people working together so i i hope the listeners enjoyed that little change absolutely now uh, we, we started this week with a bit of um uh, long weekend and uh, we missed one of the days uh, there and uh, for those people who listen back uh, yeah we, we had a repeat program there just to give uh, a bit of a holiday to those people who who happen to be on on Monday lucky mm-hmm. them can we have some time Friday uh, holiday <laughs> uh, maybe when is the good Friday or something <laughs> like that but hey uh, it's good to be here and uh, the, the um, discussion for this week is uh, Christianity in history. How positive was its contribution? And we tackle some of the topics like, uh, has Christianity positively benefited society in history? Did Christianity really support slavery? That was quite an uh, interesting one, I believe, and, and very sensitive to say so, you know. Today, uh, Tracy, we are going to talk about how can the church avoid mistakes of the past? Now, when we say church, there are lots of things which you think of. Just uh, as we talk here in uh, in some parts of the world, it's a big uh, festival or feasts about uh, some saints and uh, uh, how how some traditional churches, you know, portray that. And uh, I was just uh, reading uh, something about Saint Paraskeva, which. Um, Lots of people come to see her relics, you know, and bowing before the relics and hoping that they will benefit uh, after that, even though there is lots of uh, COVID uh, restrictions uh, mm-hmm. there, even in, in Romania this time. But they choose to go there rather by the 
hundreds of thousands. Actually, it's believed that one million people will go through the relics during this uh, uh, weekend in Romania, just hoping that they will find some healing, some uh, answers to their question they have in their life. And many people being interviewed, they will uh, say that uh, they will go there because they want to find some hope in that. And it's very interesting, you know, because uh, so easily we can um, divert our attention for the real um, deal, to say so, uh, what the Bible teaches us and uh, how God is portrayed in the Bible. But we are tempted to go and to worship. And I'm not judging that because I'm coming from Romania and uh, have a lot of background in, in this. And uh, most of my family, they are uh, Orthodox, you know, and relatives. But uh, I, I read these things, you know, um, on the, on the internet about, uh, Saint Paraskeva and probably I'll just uh, mention a couple of things. I mean, she was born in the village of uh, Epivat, eastern of Trashia. Uh, at the beginning of uh, the um, 11th century. So, or Prussia, did you say? Not Prussia, it's ah. Prussia. Uh-huh, uh, okay. It's another region there which uh, um, Romania have all, also heritage in, in Dutch, you know, Traco, mm. Dutch and right. Prussia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope I pronounced it correct. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then uh, by the age of uh, 15, she dedicated herself to the, mm-hmm. to be a nun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she currently she's recognized uh, uh, mostly by the Orthodox Church uh, from Romania. But she, she had a lot of influence in Greece, in Bulgaria, in Russia, Serbia and so on. And San Pareskieva uh, relics were brought to Yash. It's a uh, the second biggest town in Romania in uh, 1641 uh, during the reign of the ruler uh, uh, at the time named Vasile Lupu. And they were exposed in the church of the three hierarchs uh, in that region. Now, San Pareskeva is considered the protector of Moldavia and Bukovina, being the most popular of all the saints whose relics are in Romania. Christians believe in the miracles, powers of the relics. Saint Paraskivia, dedication day and the feast uh, last for uh, three days or more. But uh, yeah, this weekend is going to happen uh, this thing and the Romanian authorities, they have uh, quite a bit of uh, issues with that because of the COVID restrictions. Mm. Now, I'm not telling you about the Romania just because I'm coming from Romania, but I thought when I saw uh, the uh, impact of this kind of event in the community, I thought it's very interesting. You know, people are doing everything what they can to feel secure, to protect themselves, to do something. And in this context, now with that, this pandemic, they are putting on second place as safety mm. you know the infection and all those things and throwing that all to the throwing, wind throwing, yeah, yeah. Mm. and they prefer to go there by the hundreds of thousands mm. Mm. over this weekend to touch that uh, relics there what do you know about Tracy about relics and uh, 
and saints. Well, I know having having lived in Italy a couple of years, and I was originally a, a Catholic myself. I know that they too have the same kind of thing. Um, there's there's lots of legends of of different saints, be them male or or female. Uh, some of them are particularly loved. I mm-hmm. know. Padre Pio mm. is, is, is one that's very, very popular and people often uh, carry a little um, picture of him in, in their wallet and, and that kind of, kind of thing. Um, so, so, yeah, I think um, I would imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, that uh, the same thing um, happens within the, the, the Catholic Italian culture mm. as opposed to the Orthodox um, uh, Romanian culture is it, it it is actually the 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 understanding of saints etc uh, that's very much part of the culture itself and it's not necessarily really about the faith but it, it, it becomes a part of the actual the Romanian or the Italian mm. culture mm. if you if you like and I'm sure there's lots of countries that have have those kinds of kinds of things and sometimes because going and physically doing something seems to be you know if I get this formula one plus one I go and I do this and that's gonna you know make me um, have more favor with God sometimes uh, people who perhaps are a little bit less familiar what's in the Bible, mm. it, you know, they can kind of feel a bit more comfortable with, I know, you know, if I go and do this and I light the candle, I do this, I do that, you know, then then, then, then that's what I need to do to feel better. But I was just discussing you with the, before we started the program. I saw a program recently where they were talking about the fact that, um, you know, all of these different churches have, have relics of, of different kinds. And, you know, I could have this number wrong, but, um, the, the presenter of the program was saying they found something like 108 nails supposedly from Jesus' cross, you know, in all of these churches that declare that they've got the relic, mm, you know, so, mm. so, you know whether they are all yeah. um, and, true and is is questionable, and not you know not denying or putting down you know um, I mean the fate of those people and uh, to do this sort of thing, which uh, um, I must say that uh, I have my heart you know towards them because they they don't know the Bible you know they don't study the Bible in in uh, um, traditional churches you know Bible is not necessarily upheld you know uh, v- very high and it's more important what the priests tells you and says rather than what the Bible says. And even some churches declares that uh, tradition is even above the teaching of the Bible. Now, tradition is very strong in uh, some parts of the world, uh, even in some other aspects. Let's say in, in, in our part of the world, uh, spiritism and all other things, you know, uh, there are lots of tradition in people's uh, life, you know. Mm, mm. And uh, I would like to encourage everyone to consider I mean, what uh, what we choose when we want to have a closer relationship with God, because these people are going there with lots of faith, with lots of sacrifice, absolutely, absolutely. with lots of sacrifice, and um, yeah. But hey, um, I think I have over the phone with us also David Delima from Family Voice Australia. David, are you there? Yes, Nick and Tracy. Great to be with you again. Hi, David. Hey, David. It's Hello, good Tracy. to it's good to have you with us over the phone. Uh, now, where are you uh, this uh, day? Uh, which part of of the world? <laughs> yes, I'm in sunny Sedona. Oh, you are in Sedona. Oh, beautiful. Is that nice and warm there? 
Um, yes, it is quite sunny here. What's it like in Adelaide? Oh, Adelaide was a good day today, actually. It was uh, much better probably than even was forecasted. But yeah, we have about 23, 24, mm. something like that. And uh, I really enjoy it, yeah. And hey, David, in um, traveling around, because I uh, need to... Tell our listeners about you. You are the director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia and Northern Territory. Yes, and you're traveling from pla- place to place. And always would like to have you with us. Now, probably you uh, heard us talking a little bit about um, uh, St. Paraskiva, you know, which uh, mm-hmm. in Romania is very, very big uh, these days, this weekend. And uh, relics and hundreds of thousands of people going to to see that touch that in, in a hope that they will yeah. will have some answers to their prayers and yes. uh, yes. uh, health-wise and all those things. And I said that here talking to Tracy that um, ignoring all the restrictions there, you know, uh, they are going by um, yeah, multitudes of people. Yes. It's uh, yes. believed that a, a million, at least a million uh, pilgrims will, uh, will go by. W- what would you say about this sort of thing? Yes, uh, certainly very fascinating. Now, the, the scriptures do speak about the way in which anointed individuals can have impact on physical objects. So handkerchiefs and aprons, which Paul had touched, for example, mm-hmm. uh, were able to provide uh, the healing of the sick. So there, it's not to say there's no biblical warrant for the practice. However, uh, we're dealing with apostles uh, and, and not uh, reputed or putated or alleged saints and don't forget, Nick, that uh, the, the so-called saints throughout history are effectively man-made, if I can be so mm. bold as to say that, whereas the apostles are Holy Spirit-made. So there's a huge difference, and I think we're confusing two very different concepts here, even though they look very similar. So the, 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 healing, the healing is from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit doesn't need any object or any mm. priest or, or any minister uh, now, there's a place for ministers, and there were, in fact, priests in, in the New Testament era who had come to faith. But the, the point is that it's the action of the Holy Spirit that we need, and uh, that that can happen in any con- in any context. You know, you don't need uh, a special person or uh, you don't need a minister, you don't need um, a relic, you don't need a statue. It just need mm. to cry to God. I mean, while you were saying that, uh, David, uh, I remember again that in, in Romania, the same part of the world in Moldova, you know, uh, one of the kings, which was called the Stephen the Great, he was uh, canonized, you know, not a um, few years ago, and he's a saint now. Now, he had uh, lots of wives, and uh, he had uh, even uh, some concubines and all those things, but, but he's a, sa- a saint, you know, and that's uh, just... Yes. Falling back to what you just said, man-made uh, um, yeah. saints, and uh, I, yeah, I don't want to be uh, by any means, you know, critical or how to say, but yeah, I feel judgmental. like I, uh, judgmental. I come from that region, and I sometimes mm. I feel I have the feel that pity, you know, that how easily it is to be deceived. To be, yes. uh, to be sidetracked, you know, and uh, do the, right. the things which God is not asking us to do. Yes, unfortunately, though the Bible uses the term saint, it uses the word saint in relation to all believers. And while, while we are all ministers as well, we've also confused that concept. So unfortunately, when, when man gets his, 
gets his hand <laughs> into the picture, mm-hmm. then something good is often twisted. So we're all saints. We'll call you Saint Nicholas from now. <laughs> oh well, don't say it twice because you know somebody, somebody that may may um, note it down there, and who knows in history, yeah, uh, will be a so day all, dedicated. So, so we're all saints, and we're all ministers, and and we are all able to do miracles if it is the will of God. It's mm-hmm. it's not up to the individual. It's not this their. their saintly character, if I can use that phrase. It's not because they're any more righteous than anyone else, because that's not possible. We're we're all equally righteous in Christ. So any healing which anyone can do is not because they're a wonderful saint. It is because God is on the move, and Mm. he can even speak through a donkey. <laughs> That's right. And you know, uh, reminds me about uh, Apostle Paul. He used to use this phrase, you know, when he wrote some of the letters, you know, uh, to the saints. You know, and exactly. he, he used that expression, you know. Exactly, uh, the, the saints at Philippi. Which means then, uh, David and Tracy, then I, 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 will, I will not be wrong if I'll call <laughs> you Saint uh, David and exactly. uh, Tracy. <laughs> I, I, look, honestly, Let's uh, be uh, serious and and pray to God that we will be saints, you know, in the, in that exactly. regard, in that regard, yes. you know. Mm. Yes. Uh, look, yes. Uh, uh, David, uh, I know uh, time is going very fast, and I want to just ask you a couple of questions uh, while um, I have you over the phone with us uh, today. Now, you, we were talking about uh, uh, the whole week. We talked about Christianity in history, how positive was the contribution, you know. And today, how can the church avoid the mistakes of the past. Now, um, yes. David, what are some of the mistakes made by the church across yes, history? Yes. Well, you, we, we've touched on some already here. One is the way in which we we love to elevate man instead of elevating Christ. And so we give certain people certain titles and certain garments, uh, and then we have the saints and the, and the relics that, that are issued by the saints. Mm. Often it's their bones or it's their um, their beads or their clothing or whatever it might be. So elevating man is the number one problem facing the church. If we would only elevate Christ, mm. everything else would fall into place. But the moment we take him out and put man in the, in the middle instead, then we go from bad to worse. And there are terrible examples of that where, where people have been so presumptuous. I'll give you one example. When when people, when the, when the Europeans first went to South America, there's a, a terrible story about a, a chief, the, an indigenous chief there, and uh, the, the 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 newcomers, the Europeans, uh, Christians, so-called, uh, had formed the view that this man had to die. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he'd done wrong, but um, surely the Christian gospel is that no one is no one is so evil that they cannot be redeemed by the blood of Christ. Anyway, they, they came to the view that this man must die, and they said to him, we're going to kill you. Mm. Now, we'll give you the choice. If, if you receive Christian baptism, then we will bury your body, which is what they like to do. They, they were really terrified that their bodies would be burned after death. Okay. And they said, if you become, if you become a baptized Christian, if you, if you receive Christian baptism, then when we, when we kill you shortly, we, we won't burn your body. <laughs> But if you do not submit to Christian baptism, then after we kill you, we will burn your body. And so he said, all right, I'll go for the Christian baptism. Wow. Now, it's just stupid, really. Anyway, he submitted himself to baptism, 
and then they burn his body anyway. I mean, it's mm. just it's, it's just stupid. It's amazing <laughs> that story. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's an endless list of these these ridiculous things that that we Christians have done. And and David, uh, why did the church will make such a mistake? Yes. As I say, if we if we take Christ out of the picture, and if we if we cease worshiping and honoring Him with humility and humbleness, then we become proud. We become we become self-assertive. We think we know what we're doing, and we make it up as we go along. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we want wise conduct among Christians, we must fear the Lord and His Son Jesus Christ. So that's that's the simple answer. And mm. wonderfully, the the promise of Jesus is that He will leave His Holy Spirit with us, who will lead us into all truth. So something's going wrong in that we're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a still small voice, and when we start shouting at each other, <laughs> yeah. we don't hear it. So we need to shut up a bit. We need to be humble. Uh, we need the fear of the Lord, reverence for Christ, honoring Him, setting aside our own understanding. The Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. Right. When we start trying to figure things out for ourselves, watch out. David, can I just throw a quick question in there? Why do you think yeah. we have a tendency to do that, to want to put man and, and uphold man rather than Christ? Well, it's because we're not seeing him uh, as he is. Mm. And it, it's almost funny when you read the Gospels to see how the disciples, even though Jesus was physically present, they just couldn't see him mm. for who he was. He kept telling them, for example, that he was going to die be handed over and be crucified. They, they couldn't. They couldn't understand that. It went in one ear and out the other. Mm. So we we need his own touch. And it's wonderful that after the death and resurrection of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit comes into the hearts of all mm. believers Amen. and and leads us into all truth. And his his word, his law, is written in our hearts. So that's that's what we need when when we, mm. when we remove Jesus. From his first place in our hearts and minds and spirits, then uh, then we're going to be in trouble. Mm. Beautiful, uh, David. Very quick one. Uh, another question. But just uh, yeah, time is going very very fast today. But what can be done to ensure the church mm. does not make um, mistakes? The, you know, some of the mistakes which we learn, you know, from the past. But there are many mistakes which we, I believe we yes. are tempted, you know, yes. and we do today. What, yes. what what the church can do? Not to make those well, mistakes. Well, Nick, look at those. Look at those seven churches in the Book of Revelation. Five out of the seven were in trouble with the Lord, and two were commended. So, in the examples of the five who were in trouble, the persistent word of Christ to them is to repent. Mm. And so, I, I would urge all of our churches, the church you attend, the church I attend, I, I urge all of our listeners who are Christians, repent. We need to turn away from wrongdoing and seek. Christ, receive him as saviour, and take seriously not only his role as saviour but also Lord, which means that our behaviour has changed. Uh, Paul Paul wonderfully says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. We need to have a, a fresh mindset as we receive salvation from Christ and turn away from our sins. I really like what you said, uh, David, because I believe that was the message of Elijah, for mm. repentance that was the message of john the baptist the message of peter yes. you know and uh, the pentecost um yes. and today maybe uh, churches are too preoccupied and in uh, mm. in other things you know and just talking about you know the love of god and so on and so forth which is very important but missing out of what we need to do 
to be able. God is love and is there for us all the time. But it's yes. um, how we come to Him. I think that's the most important thing. Are we coming with a with a uh, open heart, uh, yes. asking for repentance and to be renewed and to be born again? And you know that born again process is not just once. And for all, you know, I mean, once you do it and that's it, I did the baptism 50 years ago or whatever. That's every day. That's every Correct. day we need to renew that thing. And I really appreciate what you just uh, said that uh, there, uh, David. And thank you so much for being um, part of our program today from a beautiful uh, place there in Sijuna. Enjoy the good weather there and uh, uh, we'll see you next time, uh, maybe down here uh, in the studio. So. Okay, that's God bless you, you David. Take care. Thank you. We're going to take a short break here, just uh, a short song. And I, I was thinking I will play this song, Change My Heart, Oh God. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. This is Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh Yes, help us, Jesus, uh, and uh, change our hearts. Beautiful song, uh, Tracy. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, just before we are moving on, I would like to give that free offer today. And it's a beautiful, beautiful book called Conversations with Jesus. To get this book, you just need to send us a text message on 048-880-811. And the code for this offer is SA19. Now, please just keep together those um, so no, S- spaces. no space in between SA and um, 19 because our, our uh, bot may be not so smart you know may not pick it up <laughs> that, and you may miss on your uh, request but the book is called conversations with jesus how would you like to have a conversation with jesus what would you say to him more importantly what would he say to you look freshly inspired from the life altering insights Glenn from his best-selling Messiah project, Jerry D. Thomas. This is the author of the book. Wrote, wrote this wonderful book, and it's yours, free of charge, no obligation. You just need to send us a text message on zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one with the code SA 
SA stands for South Australia and number 19. No space in between SA and 19. And also you can send us a text message with your uh, questions and uh, maybe comments in regard to the topic which we are discussing uh, today. Um, we are waiting for those ones from you. Now, uh, before we look at how the church can avoid mistakes in the past, maybe we should go right back to the basics for the benefit of some listeners who, who might uh, not have caught the programs earlier the, in, in the week, Tracy. Mm. Perhaps we should start by asking what we mean when we use the word church. Are we talking about the Seventh-day Adventist church or the Catholic church, the Pentecostal church? What or who are we talking about, Tracy? Yeah, it's important, isn't it, to get the basics right, isn't it, when we have these discussions. The word church is used all different ways these days, you know. Often it use, gets used when we're talking about a denomination, sometimes when we're talking about the bricks and mortar, mm. and other times when we're talking about the people. As always, we need to go back to the Bible to to understand things really well. And um, Jesus actually gave us um, a, a, a good uh, idea of what was meant by that word. It first got used uh, when he talked about um, building his church on on the rock, and this happened when uh, uh, he, he was asked his disciples, um, you know, who does everybody say that I am? And and Peter actually said, uh, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he explained to um, to Peter that, that the Holy Spirit had, re- had revealed that to him. And he said, um, and I say also this unto you, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, the 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 Greek that was used, because this is in the New Testament that I'm quoting, the Greek that yep. was used for church at that point is ecclesia. And uh, that actually means a calling out. Mm. So if you like, people being called out from from the world. Um, so it was a congregation of people all being called out together, an assembly of all the people who've been called out of the world by God. And, and in that quotation, he talks about building his church, so Jesus' church. So it indicates that the church is of the Lord. It's not of any other person or thing. It's not like the denominations. Um, it, it's it's talking about all believers who have their lives surrendered to, to Christ as a whole. All right. Okay, uh, so that means that we are talking about the church being a collection of people seeking to live for God, which we know um, can always be a dangerous thing when faulty. Is that right? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's actually, it can be a dangerous thing when humans are involved, you know, because, um, we're easily prone to, to make mistakes when, you know, we come together as a collection of people. We're seeking to live for God, but, you know, we've got that faultiness. In us. And I mean to say, uh, dangerous, you know, because we can be generous in, in uh, all sorts of things to represent God and represent the church. You know, we are called to be generous, but well, it's could dangerous, be dangerous if we're being generous for the wrong <laughs> motives. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, you know, it, probably it's good that we, um, 
before we look at how the church can avoid the mistakes of the past, uh, maybe we should do a recap on some of those major mistakes. And 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 David talked about some of 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 that, and I've kind of grouped my um, research in in areas um, that, that you know. There's some some um, particular names that have mm-hmm. been given to different. Um, how should Views. I say phase, yeah, phases yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of the church? So there was pla- Platonism, and I'm guessing <laughs> I'm guessing that that's following Plato, mm. um, and that's that's when the church has a focus on the spiritual fear. I can't speak today. The spiritual mm. sphere only. You know, they're so focused on. Um, all of the, the the soulish things. The body is a prison of the soul. Mm-hmm. The sacred and secular dis- distinction has, you know, is 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 allowed to be concentrated on, and uh, it, it just ignores social reform. So, you know, it's it's about being so pious and so holy, but not really worrying about you know your fellow man's conditions. Right. And then there's humanism, where there's so much focus on the physical and social needs. Only, and that leads to a failure of the church to preach the need of regeneration. I think we see a lot of that these days, actually, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of social preaching these days and, and, and less, you know, about the need to repent and the need to be regenerated through the Holy Spirit. Um, there's also, too, um, the error that, um, of too much assimilation with the culture of the day. Mm-hmm. And an example I've got for that was under Constantine in the fourth century. And, you know, he supposedly was converted mm. and, you know, he wanted to make it quite de rigueur that, that, Everyone came into the church. So, you know, unfortunately, the the end result of that was that the church became a little bit worldly right. and the world became a little bit churchy mm. is a saying that, that – that I've I've heard. So you know, the churches can lose its power in in that way. And and one of the scriptures tells us about that. Two Timothy three five talks about the church having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such things, turn away. So you know, that's mm-hmm. the that's the one of the errors too. When there's that, too much of that mixing. Also, too, people have assumed that the institutional church, so that is the denominations, etc. And true Christianity are synonymous, right. and that's not always the case. But it's because it comes down to individuals. Okay, uh, okay. Let's look uh, at the first mistake you mentioned, uh, Tracy. The church not being a positive influence for uh, social change. How can this be avoided? Now, I ask uh, David um, a similar question. But mm. what what's your uh, view on this? Well, you know, I think we can see when we when we read the scriptures that Jesus was concerned for the total man you know he he wasn't about you know just just do the right thing he was also about man being regenerated on the inside as well you know it's should we put a new suit on the man mm-hmm. or a new man in a suit what jesus wanted to do he wanted the new man in the new suit and that's expressed in um in Matthew 9:17 where he talks about where it says nor do they put new wine into old wine skins 
um, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are renewed, but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. And so, you know, I think um, if we just want to... Um, you know, put the new suit on, that's about, you know, oh, I know I have to be a good Christian, I have to do this and I have to do that. Um, but without the renewing from the Holy Spirit, that's just very difficult. And as this um, scripture talks about the new wine breaking the old wineskins, mm. I think that's, you know, a, a person clutching, clutch, holding on tight and clutching their, their, their fists, you know, hard to be a good Christian, well, eventually that just all falls over, right. you know, without the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you are saying that um, the man doesn't just have to change habits, but has to truly change who he is. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about sitting around and contemplating our relationship with the Lord all day. And it's also not just about getting out and doing things for God, because we can be so busy doing things for God that we actually skip over working on that relationship that we have with him. They're both very, very important. And and you can't grow in Christ without all of that happening together. In James 2, 14, 20, we, we hear um, Paul giving counsel to James about the importance of both of these aspects being part of our spiritual walk. Um, Paul says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and no, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Mm. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. So we've got to have a, a, a change inside from our faith and that then, in turn, should lead into a changing of our habits and, and the way we live. But, you know, there's got to be that um, that dual mm-hmm. change going on, and we can't do that on our own. And we're talking about change, you know, and uh, too often we are uh, pressing on by our own uh, strength, by our own power. Uh, we forget to leave uh, that to God and to the Holy Spirit. To work on that. Um, I know time is going fast, but I really want to play another song here. Mm. And that song actually, uh, I was going to, to play one called Spirit of the Living God. Mm. Uh, let's uh, listen to that song and a, a bit of uh, advertising here and we'll come back uh, shortly. Please stay with us. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Thou lightest 
You're listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with uh, Nick Krita and our co-host today is Tracy Papandreou. Tracy, I didn't even introduce you uh, that much today because we had a busy program having David on, but it's good to have you with us. And uh, today we are talking about very special uh, aspect, you know, how can the church avoid the mistakes of the past? I think that's a good thing because to learn from the mistakes, I, uh, that's wise, I believe, when you Absolutely. learn from the mistakes and not to 
repeat them again. Now, just um, before the the break, you know, we were talking about some of those uh, mistakes which uh, the church, uh, you know, did. Um, and also, uh, before I'm, I'm um, asking you another question, I'd like to remind our listeners that you can get today that wonderful book, Conversations with Jesus. You just need to send us a SMS to 048880811 with the code SA19. SA19 needs to stick together. You don't put a space in between SA and 19. Um, go ahead and send some messages here and that book is yours. Now, um, um, another of the mistakes um, was too much assimilation with the culture of the day. What do you say about this? You know, because uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, this is um, happening almost every every generation. Yeah, you can actually see that happening, can't you? We're talking about how to avoid these mistakes, and I, I think I can see that uh, in in our very day that, that that that's going on a lot. And again, we come back to saying that that when we talk about the church, we're talking about those people who've been called out of the world mm-hmm. as followers of Christ. So we're talking about all of those people who've been called out as a collective mm-hmm. when when we mm-hmm. talk about church. And that's important what you just said because. Out, you know, mm. which means each one of you listening there, you can be called out. You know, I mean, you don't need to be uh, left uh, aside mm. because, unfortunately, this, this is the reality. It's only uh, two ways: one to towards salvation, one to perdition. Yes, yes, yeah. I think you know we we need to be mindful of the fact that we've been called to be sanctified um, as saints. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's we the way that. that's the way that, that that the word saints is used in the Bible. It's the the people of God, um, and sanctified means set aside. So it's almost like you're special. You're special. So um, so we can't necessarily be just like the world. You know, culture shouldn't drive our opinions, but we should let our opinions about culture be informed through the lens of the word. So it's about what's having the priority and driving things. Yet that scripture I always love to quote, mm. I'll quote it again, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That's a New Living Translation, which I actually I actually like the way it puts it there. So we should be viewing the culture and what we see around us based on what Scripture says mm. about that and being and and evaluating based on that. And you know, we're not called to be monks and and pull ourselves aside from community, but we need to be honest with. Um, an evaluation of where we are each at individually in our faith walk and what we can therefore expose ourselves to without falling into temptation because yes it's good if you can have an influence for other people with other people who perhaps don't have Christ in their life mm-hmm. but you need to be real with yourself whether your own faith walk and and where you're at is strong enough to be put in a situation, you know, among people who may, you know, um, you know, push push you and tempt you to do things which are not necessarily what you would normally do, you know, in your in your faith walk. So you need to think about is 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 your Christianity rubbing off on the world, 
or is the world rubbing off on you? Right. And that's what you need to think about mm. in terms of, you know, how you're living your life. Because um, the scripture tells us that we do really need to be careful about that. You know, 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Mm. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So, you know, we need to live our lives, you know, not being fearful, but but being ever aware of the fact that the devil is there. And he's looking to trip us up, you know, so we need to, to be wise and, and in the way we walk and be okay. real with ourselves. Okay. Right. Uh, so the success uh, in uh, influencing, you know, the church for good really sounds like it comes down to the collective walk of every individual Christian. Uh, sometimes society tends to think that uh, because uh, you go to church, you should be a good person. Is this always the case, Tracy? Well, I would say I think, you know, and and not wanting to point the finger at people, but I would say given that, you know, we don't have a situation where every, you know, the the majority of people want to be in church because they see um, that uh, all Christians are really great people, Mm. um, it shows that, that we're all under construction, you know, and not everybody who's in church is actually converted, you know, mm, so very, there are some people well said, yes. going to church who, you know, they actually do not have that real relationship with Christ. It's really just tradition, you know, the family. In the uh, same field, know. there are the tares and the wheat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, mm. there can be that hypocrisy that we all hope that we are not, um, you know, part of, mm. but we all can do at times where we can walk, talk the talk, but not actually walk the walk. And that's what we need know? to watch and be be careful Absolutely. on that because uh, it's very easy to just say things, but uh, uh, not to do the things we say. <laughs> yeah, we need to walk in the spirit. And I've said today, and I'm, I always talk about the fact that we just can't do it without the spirit. Galatians five sixteen to seventeen says, "So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh." So mm. we've been told, you know, yeah. walking by the spirit is a key to it. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. So there's an acknowledgement that there's a battle going on inside everybody they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want so we're being told there's a conflict there and we need to let the spirit reign rather than the flesh reign okay okay i believe that text uh, goes on further to gives to give a long list of uh, some other things you know uh, uh, acts of the flesh uh, is that not right yeah it goes on and it just tells us and you know some of them you know we can go oh yes that's terrible but others you know let's be honest uh, you know we've all, uh, probably probably all had a part in that you know it says the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry and wish witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness orgies and the like i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then we've got the the exact opposite of that, the fruits mm. of the Spirit in Galatians um, 
where this is what we're, this is what we're aiming for with the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, the Spirit will give us this if we are, give ourselves over to the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What a different list than the one before. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with mm. its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Okay. So we ask for the Spirit, but you can see by the language that's in this um, scripture that it's an active thing. We are to let the Spirit have its way with us. All right. Well, uh, we need to have the Spirit, otherwise it's impossible to crucify uh, the flesh. Is mm-hmm. that not right? Yeah. Uh, do you have some other suggestion here? I know time is going quickly, but if you have a few suggestions sure. before we are coming with a, a bit of a conclusion. Sure. Time with God every day, absolutely important. Prayer, guard against what you're putting in, and I think actually next week we're going to be talking mm. a little bit about media, etc. Yes, that's think, That's very, very important. Guard against your thoughts because your thoughts become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habits become your life. So that's important to be honest with yourself with regard to where you're at in your faith walk. Ask God to reveal that to you. You need to be aware so that you can know your temptations. You know, I read a book about walking far from the line because sometimes as Christians we know where that line is and we know what we shouldn't cross over, but we like to walk as close as possible as we can to it. And that means if the enemy tempts us, if we fall, we're likely to fall over that line. So get into the habit of walking far from that line. So Beautiful. even when we're tempted, we're not, um, we're not, we don't have those problems. But what I want to do is illustrate a couple of um, situations where people have either let the spirit lead and guide, or they've let the flesh lead and guide. And um, one article that I read it was. Um, about uh it was actually this article I found was written in two thousand and sixteen and it talked about um a massacre that took place in two thousand and six mm. and that was in an Amish community. And uh, what happened was on October the 2nd, 2006, a 32-year-old guy, he was a husband, father of three young children, he went into a one-room Amish schoolhouse. He ordered the boys and the adults to leave and he tied up the 10 little girls that were there who were between the ages of 6 and 13 and he shot them. And five were killed and the others were injured and then he killed himself. But this... Reaction was just amazing from the Amish community. Um, This article says, But in the hours after the massacre, as Amish parents still waited in a nearby barn for word about whether their daughters had survived, an Amish man arrived at the killer's parents' Mm. house with a message. Uh, The families did not see the couple as an enemy. Rather, they saw them as parents who were grieving the loss of their child too. So this Amish guy put his hand on the shoulder of the father of the guy who had just killed all of these children and he called him a friend. And, you know, 
it, it's a long story. It talks about the fact that the Amish community came and uh, attended the, the funeral of um, this guy. And there's a professor who talks about the fact he wanted to, to look at, at this analysis of how the Amish community had done this thing so different than the rest of us. He said that for most people, forgiveness and acceptance come at the end of a long emotional process. But the Amish forgive first and then every day work through the emotions of it. This decisional forgiveness opened a space for there to be friendship between these this killer's parents and the Amish community. Actually, they even go and, and help care for um, for some of the children who are injured and mm, all of mm. that kind of thing, you know. So here is the spirit in action. They decided to forgive, and they just every day worked through those those feelings. That's uh, that's a wonderful story, uh, Tracy. And now time is up uh, for today. Uh, uh, if we could conclude, let's say in uh, less than thirty seconds, what would you say uh, just to our listener today? You can't do it without the Spirit. Your relationship with Christ is the absolute most important thing. Um, spending time in the Word is critical. Both of those are, are critical because you will not have success in your walk uh, if you don't give those things priority. Thank you, Tracy, And thank you for being with us today. Uh, time is up, uh, but please join us again next time when we are going to talk about the Bible and the media in the post-biblical culture. And next program is Do uh, Biblical Christians Have a Media Problem? <laughs> uh, well, see you on that one. Don't miss uh, that program. Until then, may God richly bless you. I'm leaving you with this beautiful song, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. In heaven beyond we will enter the land The battle belongs to the Lord No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand The battle belongs to the Lord And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord When the power of darkness comes in like a flood The battle belongs to the Lord He's raised up a standard The power of His blood The battle belongs to the Lord And we sing glory, honor Power and strength to the Lord We sing glory, honor Power and strength to the Lord When your enemy presses in heart Do not fear The battle belongs to the Lord Encourage, my friend, your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor. Power and strength to the Lord.